0: Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast for adults. You are listening to a weekly publication, produced every Friday morning. This is our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Today, we present episode 376, Ragnar Northman, on Edge Play. Don't forget to stop by our webpage, for information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com. With the coronavirus being active, please practice social distancing. Here's your host, Woody.
1: Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. Online with me from Minneapolis, Minnesota is Ragnar Northman. How are you?
2: I'm doing good, Woody. It's very nice to be speaking with you.
1: Fantastic. Your name came across my email here not long ago when you were putting together an edge play discussion group.
2: Yes, you're one of the top people on my list to try to get in on board. Because when I started researching edge play, I found your podcast, and I listened to some of the greats on there. And I figured, who would know more?
1: I am an edge player for the last twenty plus years, so um, I think we have a good fit there. Uh, yes. Let's uh, go back to definitions. What is edge play, according to you?
2: So that's a really good question, and we get asked that a lot. It's one of the vetting questions we ask everybody that comes on board. And to me, edge play, and this is with the entire group leadership, we believe that edge play is basically playing to the edge of your soft limits and hard limits. So if you could imagine a line being drawn around your soft limits, and if you could just dance on that line right before you don't wanna do it anymore. That is edge play. So it is defined specifically by the person and by what they believe edge is to them. So we have one member, and this is not outing anyone. We have one member who uh, taking off their clothes in front of people is, that's their edge. And that's perfectly acceptable. We have another person um, who likes to suit your eyes closed. And that's their edge.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty way out on the edge there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that, that's edge, not to be confused with edging. We're not an edging group. We do get a lot of applicants that way.
1: And define edging for our listeners?
2: Getting somebody right on the precipice of orgasm and then stopping.
1: And just leaving them hang.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. Torture.
1: And then as they uh, relax a little bit, you bring them up and drop them again. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so, and we've uh, done some shows on edging uh, from the Frolicon uh, recordings. And so, anybody that wants to get more into edging, they can uh, check that out. But we are here to talk about edge play. And as you say, it, it's uh, right on that line uh, between soft and hard limits. Yes. And trying to stay there without violating any uh, consensuality, which yes. sometimes is a trick.
2: It is. We believe in, uh, the prick methodology, um, which is personal responsibility, informed, consensual kink. And so it is up to you as the individual to figure out your risk profile, figure out what you are capable of, and then communicating that to the person that you're playing with.
1: And then, uh, hopefully keeping some feedback going during the session, such as, uh, maybe a yellow light or something like that before we get into red, because we all know that when it gets to red, we stop.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unless it's otherwise negotiated not to.
1: That that gets a little risky.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, you know, we, we definitely are more of a free spirited bunch, but we do, we do abide by all the basic things, safe words, definitely a lot, a lot, a lot of communication. If I'm going to be sticking a hundred needles into you, I need to know that you're going to say something to me if it gets to be too much. And they need to know that I'm watching their body language to know if it's going to be too much.
1: Because sometimes when you're doing edge play, which is intense, they can shut down verbally. Yes. And so reading body language, reading how a fist is clenched, Uh, how teeth are clenched, all of these things become uh, feedback that the top has to measure.
2: Yeah. Temperature of hands. Oh, yeah. Color of their lips.
1: (laughs) Blue is not good.
2: Blue is not good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and so, yeah, it's making sure that uh, you have a full set of circulatory system working. Um, You know, if they're tied, making sure that uh, their hands aren't cold, their feet aren't cold, uh, things like that.
2: Yeah. And the the two people I play with the most are my slaves and they both communicate really well. And that makes it really easy for me.
1: In addition to that, since they're regular playmates of yours, you have a working rapport with them. And you you know all of their um, idiosyncrasies when they're getting near something.
2: Yeah. Which is a
1: great advantage and much harder in first time play.
2: Yes. There's not a whole lot of pickup play in this more extreme side of things. It's really hard. You know, you could do like a light needle scene with someone or a little bit of breath play, but to wrap somebody's head in a garbage bag and the zip tie it closed, you know, push the chair over, start screaming in their face. You really need to know that they trust you, and you need to trust them too. As a top,
1: I saw a demonstration of uh, edge play in San Francisco, and they had a, um, a lovely naked woman sitting on a chair inside a large plastic bag with cold water being pumped in, <laughs> and that got really intense.
2: That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, temperature is is are your best friend as a sadist.
1: Absolutely. Yes, and, and and to watch them go through, you know, starting to enter hypothermia, you know, it's. Uh,
2: I could see that. It'd yeah. be very intense.
1: And, and again, that that's what edge play is. You're taking people right to the edge of kind of a, a safety, you know, we're, yes. we're staying on the safe side of safety, but we're going right up to the edge yeah. and. There's a number of play techniques and, and toys that you can use for edge play. Uh, Yes. Edge play is defined by uh, soft and hard limits, but you can look at things like knife play, which is typically concerned as pretty edgy Uh, electrical play breath play. You mentioned the cold water that I mentioned in the last show we had rain De gray on and she is um, amazing in very intense bondage. And we talked about her scene where she was buried in a tank in the ground with a grate over it. And the only thing that she could get through the grate was her lips to breathe.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm guilty. I already listened to that one. It was a really good episode.
1: <laughs> There's a new one we just recorded last night. Oh, this that is. You haven't heard. Oh, so, shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah but but th- so that's wait, okay. Wait, wait. You can say it because this will air right after it. So, Oh, nice.
2: Okay. Deal. I'm really excited now, even more excited than before. Oh.
1: <laughs> and Rain is just wonderful. I, I just love that woman. So tell me what you uh, use for your tools and toys in Edge Play.
2: I do a lot of stuff. I enjoy blood play a lot. So I've done, I've used scalpels. Um, suturing, needles, uh, a lot of impact toys, but mostly the whip. And then I do shibari and I like hooks a lot. They're a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm just getting to know a lot of the medical side stuff. So I, I've been really focused in on that a lot.
1: Everything we're talking about <clears throat> is varsity level kink. You know, this is not 101 stuff. No. And uh, anybody that wants to get into edge play, I suggest that you get your chops up first before getting into it. Uh, because uh, e- even down to the toy bag, it's having your safety tools in the toy bag, you know, um, scissors, knives, things to cut rope to uh, get people out of tough situations. You talked about a plastic bag over the head with tie wraps. Make sure you can cut those tie wraps instantly if you need to. Yes. Uh, Make sure you can tear the plastic bag open if you need to. Yeah. It's part of getting uh, a response system when you start to see somebody is slipping. Yes. how, How to drag them back very quickly.
2: Yep. So I used to be a firefighter. And so one of the big things is having an escape plan and an emergency plan. And so every scene that I do, there is an escape plan, even if it is a pair of scissors or a type of cutters. Uh, Part of learning suturing is if the cut goes too deep, I need to know how to close that up. It's also fun to close up a, a pussy or someone's lips, but it's also an emergency thing. We also have a lot of first aid stuff. We take cleanliness really, really seriously. Everything that we do, we talk about a lot, a lot, a lot.
1: Introducing uh, bacteria into an open wound is never a good idea. No. <laughs> this is the thing that people have to realize. Uh, when you start using scalpels and needles and things where you're uh, invading through the skin, a different set of rules has to come in here because you're now getting into medical. And yes. To treat that uh, with any kind of discount, you are uh, um, really threatening the, the, potentially the life of your subject.
2: I monitor their uh, healing progress and I help them uh, dressing wounds, cleaning. Um, we shower afterwards. If anybody saw the after photos of any of my scenes, it's just two normal people laughing and showering and goofing off and usually eating chocolate.
1: So when you have a really intense scene to where they're taken to subspace or something like that, the day after the few days, the week after you're, you're dealing with a uh, sub drop and, and different things in there, how do you monitor that?
2: Yes. And that is why I don't like to do this level play with any random people. Um, my two slaves have a split schedule throughout the week. And so they come and go and um, they know to reach out for help. So whether it is to their Meta or to me, um, if they're dropping and they need more than what they're currently getting, then we talk about it. So whether that means switching nights or being in a group, they need comfort food or extra snuggles, all those things. We, We definitely are very good at communication when it comes to aftercare. Um, and you kind of have to be with this stuff, especially because we do we do a pretty intense scene every two weeks. During that two weeks in between, they really have to be ready for the next one or we can't do it.
1: Yeah, if they're not fully healed or or whatever, um, you know th- those are issues that have to be dealt with, certainly. Yep. When they enter subspace during a scene, um that's typically when the communication, drops off and so that's where you have to kick it into high gear for reading them
2: yes so i have two completely different slaves one is a brat and when she hits subspace she is extra vocal and very fun pretty confrontational she once turned around and tried to grab my whip and then the other one v is definitely not a brat she suffers. She suffers with a lot of crying. And when I know that it's too far, is when she stops crying, but the tears are still coming out. That's when I know that I need to back up a little bit. And we have check ins that we do um, throughout a scene, even staying in character. I still check in in different ways.
1: Two of my play partners, when they go into subspace, they're criers. And the first time they did that, it just freaked the fuck out of me because you know it's like, did I break them? You know what what happened? And so once you get past that that first experience, you can then write uh, it a little tighter. But uh, boy, yes, that, that first breakdown is tough.
2: Yes, yeah, and I, I it's definitely a fetish for me to see someone in tears, um, but I don't want to take them to a place where they can't come back. Because one of the number one rules is you don't break your toy.
1: Live have to play another day.
2: Yes. And the other rule is if it's not fun, let's not do this anymore.
1: Right. Well, and these are all really valuable things. And uh, I, I do want to emphasize again that this takes experience. And if any of our listeners are, are new to this and they want to get into it, please get advice. And uh, getting advice would be for joining the, your discussion group, for instance.
2: Yeah, that's a great place to start. Um, the other thing they can do is do what I did and just start researching your ass off and find people in the community that are willing to talk. I know that because of COVID, a lot of us can't get together, can't really go to the parties like we used to, um, but we can still talk. We can talk like me and you are talking right now you send text messages. You can study photos. You can. There's a million videos on YouTube, and for medical technique um, that they're actually using in hospitals, they're teaching through through YouTube. And uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, I've got human anatomy books that I just went and bought from the bookstore. Study, learn, learn where it is okay to do what you're doing.
1: That is so important because, you know, there are nerves, there are arteries and all kinds of fun stuff like that that are connected. Uh, and, you know, if you um, hit a nerve somewhere, uh, you could cause some real interesting reactions, not in yes. a good way.
2: You could have permanent damage. Yes. And that's why a lot of the stuff, it, you, you really just, you need to know what your risk profile is. And if you're going to play with somebody, find out who they've played with in the past and maybe talk to them before you play, especially when you're going to be doing something where you're giving up your consent. Um, that is that is treacherous territory. And you need to know that that person is going to respect that. You're not going to end up in someone's basement.
1: Yes. And that is something else. Uh, first plays, do it in public. Yes. So that there's a rescue squad available if needed. Yes. Uh, as opposed to being dead in somebody's basement.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: We, we take that kind of lightly and laugh about it, but that it's, it's really deadly serious because really I know people that have died in these types of situations. And uh, uh, one of them died from a wine enema.
2: Oh, my God.
1: And uh, it's tough stuff. Yeah. And so understanding that you can just go from a little, oh, yeah, we'll just, you know, a little wine in there and and you go from quickly drunk to dead drunk to dead.
2: Yeah. It doesn't take much. Right. We're very resilient beings, but we're also very frail in that way that you mess up and it's the last time.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. So, the
2: discussion group is not going to be a one on one for how to do a lot of this stuff right now. Right now, we are more bringing in uh, the talent. Um, we're working on getting um, lesson plans and video lessons. Um, one of the biggest things with Edge Play, and the reason why you don't find a lot of it online, <clears throat> is because There's a tremendous amount of liability um, to the teacher when it comes to teaching some of the techniques that we're talking about, because exactly what we just talked about is, you know, you do a waterboarding scene wrong and that person aspirates, well, they're, they're gone. You do a knife play scene wrong and you accidentally cut an artery. You're in a lot of trouble and it's gonna, it's gonna go downhill very fast. And so a lot of the people that are, you know, the top talent in the whole world, they're terrified to share their knowledge. And it's not because they don't want to teach, because they do teach. They'll teach um, people they can actually see face-to-face. They'll teach at big events like Dark Odyssey. But teaching over the internet where it can be recorded is a completely different animal. Yes, if if they want to learn, they can come but it's going to be a slow process compared to what it used to be before COVID.
1: It is. And what you just mentioned takes place even in person. I was uh, signed up for a breath play class out in uh, California, in the Bay area. And one of the uh, big figures in the community said it was irresponsible to teach a breath play class and made a very big deal about it till the point where the class was canceled.
2: That is a shame. Because it's a two-sided sword, a double-edged sword, I guess. Uh, On the one hand, we need more education because it will create safer play. On the other hand, we educate the wrong people. And now they're taking what we're trying to make safe and make it very dangerous.
1: Well, everybody that was going to attend the class went underground and tried it on their own. And so who knows what happened? Exactly. I believe that going to any class you can is valuable. And I've attended classes that I have no intention of ever doing, but on the same token, I learned what it's about so that if I see it, I can help. Yeah. Uh, And I saw a, um, a scarification class that went or the class was fine, but I know somebody that tried it after that and, it went very, very wrong to oh. the point where it was infecting and, and it, it was turning black. Oh, no. And I said, emergency room right now. Yeah. These sorts of things, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, it's very, very dangerous. If you can't get the education because somebody is blocking the content from you, then uh, you know, don't go it on your own until you get research done.
2: Yeah, that's, it's really valuable that even finding a mentor right now is very hard. But again, a lot of these people that do what we do, they're willing to talk to you. They're just people. They like to do crazy things in the bedroom, but they're just people. And a lot of them that I've reached out to have responded immediately. um, If I had questions about, um, I was doing a drowning scene and I had questions on technique And I reached out to somebody that I know has done a lot of that, Um, and we discussed a little bit of it, and it made the scene go way better, and everything was a lot safer. And all it took was a couple messages.
1: Explain drowning scene.
2: I filled my bathtub up with cold water. I made her kneel in the bathtub, and then I repeatedly dunked her head underwater. How long? (laughs) Until the bubbles came out. So she had to take a big breath before she went down. Um, She'd go down as soon as the bubbles started coming up, she came back up.
1: The effect on the sub is uh, a level of terror and uh, it's moving them to a different mindset.
2: Yes. Yeah. Fear play is one of my number one things I enjoy doing. So um, anything that I can do to cause a tremendous amount of fear uh, just gets me excited.
1: What was that TV show Fear Factor? Yes, TV I love Factor. that show. <laughs> uh, b- bugs, uh, insects, snakes, spiders, things. Yes. i <laughs> got a tank full
2: of cockroaches right next to me. Just waiting to be put into a scene someday.
1: <laughs> cockroaches are, are pretty harmless, but boy, they're terrifying.
2: They really are. Yeah. I've only I've only heard one person that said they would let me put them in their mouth and sew their mouth shut. So let's see.
1: Yeah, I could see why there'd only be one person. <laughs> oh my. Boy, you're into some fun stuff. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> I definitely I have a lot of different things I enjoy doing. But you know, one of the biggest things was there wasn't really an outlet for me to talk to anybody about this stuff being a sadist i can look around on fat life and i can curve all the other sadists Um, i can message them but it really wasn't giving me what i wanted And what i wanted was a easy place for all the weirdos to get together and be able to just be ourselves and that is what The Creepy Cottage, the Twin City Edge Play group, is is a place for all edge players to come, not feel shame, and have open and easy communication with each other. Um, And so every day we do a different discussion topic. And we have rooms in the cottage, like a blood play room. So if you do a blood play scene, you can share your pictures there, and they don't get censored. You can ask the people questions about it. Um, you can see different techniques, a lot of stuff that's being shared in the different specific rooms are things that aren't even being put on FetLife. Um, so there are things that you'll get to see that, you know, maybe a little bit behind the scenes, we've got an emotional S and M room that every day is full of discussion. There is, there's a breath play room now, an age play room. There's, there's so much places for everybody to talk and everybody seems really excited about the place and we just love it so much.
1: Is this available to other people that have the the same interest?
2: It is anybody that wants to get into the discord group. All they have to do is download the app and then go to my page on FetLife, uh, which is Ragnar Northman. And there is a link right in my bio, Um, a couple of the other members have links in their bios too. They don't have to reach out or anything. They just click the link. It'll put them in the vetting room. And that is where we figure out whether or not they'll be a good fit for the group. part of that criteria is, do they understand what edge play is? Do they understand um, consent and prick? And um, then we make them show a little bit of effort Uh, by creating a thing that seems to be the bane of everyone's existence. It's called an intro card. And what the intro card is, is a little bit of membership friction. Uh, It shows me and the rest of the leadership team uh, that they're willing to put in a little bit of work because we don't want people coming into the group just to watch. Uh, This is very private stuff that we're sharing. We want to know that you're also doing the same thing or planning on it or have done it. And again, edge play is what your edge is. It's not my edge, it's your edge. So if you're an edge player, you're an edge player. But we, we added that intro card in there to kind of create a little bit of friction so that it would weed out a lot of people that weren't gonna participate. Um, and all it is is it's a pic collage of a couple of pictures and then a few uh, questions need to be answered. Like what's your FET name, your age, uh, what location are you in generally? Um, those pictures don't even have to be of the people. So it's it's basically just a little bit of a way for us to stop everyone from joining really easily.
1: And that's it. There, there's uh, a lot of wannabes out there uh, just into basic BDSM, and for them to jump right into edge play would be uh, rather dangerous.
2: Well, it can be unsettling, actually. I mean, I, can, I can't even imagine if they came in there thinking this is an edging group, and they saw some of the pictures that we're sharing, um, they'd probably be mortified. They probably wouldn't understand why we're doing this to each other. And, uh, oh, now you make me want to go to a dungeon.
1: <laughs> I just did a mind fuck on uh, Ragnar here and uh, changed my background image from a, a cityscape to a, a dungeon.
2: Oh, it's a beautiful dungeon. I, I
1: knocked you right off your train of thought there.
2: <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> but yeah, could you, I mean, imagine if just, you know, somebody just got done watching 50 shades of gray and then they hopped into an edge play server, like what we're running. It would be very confusing.
1: Well, that's a zero to 60 in no time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, and and I, I said it before, this is a varsity level sport. Do not try this at home until you get some experience.
2: Yes. And And that's a disclaimer. Yes. And one of the big things to remember too is everybody starts somewhere. And I know when I was first starting out, there was a lot of people that said, you know, don't do this, don't do this. You know, you're dangerous, you're dangerous, and uh, you're going to do something that's going to get somebody killed. And I think what they miss is they miss all the communication that happens, the research that happens, the hours and hours and hours of prep. I'll start preparing for a torture scene with V um, the day after the torture scene. So I am getting her mentally ready for the next one, Um, whether that is talking about what I'm going to be doing or discussing what went good in the previous scene, uh, pushing the limits a little bit on the next one, it is constant, constant effort to do some of the stuff that we're doing.
1: But you're also doing the mind fuck that goes with it. I sure am. And once you get them, get get their brain off into the ditch, then you can have a great amount of fun dragging them along until you get to the scene. Yes. And that is probably my favorite part of the, the tour here is getting them so worked up. You know, they have to go to work the next day and they can't concentrate.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) And you you give them a call about midday and you go, remember what I'm going to do to you.
2: Yes. (laughs) I just got a taser for the first time. Um, And it's funny because we've been using a dog collar and the dog collar hurts a lot. And the taser looks like it's going to hurt a lot. Um, but they both reported back that the taser is not as bad as the dog. collar. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, the,
1: uh, is this the, the taser that shoots the darts or just the contact one?
2: Oh yeah. No, it's just a stun gun. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. The, the one that shoots the darts. That's a little tough.
2: That'd be really fun.
1: <laughs> so you're now moving into that one.
2: Someday. Someday. Yeah. Those are very expensive.
1: That is electrical play on its own, uh, whether it's a, a cattle prod, um, the dog collar, taser, stun gun, or some of the high-powered 10s unit, violet wands. Oh, yeah. Uh, all of these things have a effect on the nervous system. And I stopped my list there intentionally because there's a lot of people that try to roll their own electrical play. Oh, yes. Which includes audio amplifiers and things. Which is potentially a death experience.
2: It really can be. Yes. Even the violet wand and all that stuff. I mean, you change things about it or you do it the wrong way. Yes.
1: If you modify it, it's potential to get 120 volts house current right into your subject. If you modify it, if you use it the way it's intended, it is relatively safe. Yep. But uh, modifications are a non-starter.
2: Yeah. And I mean, even feeling that electricity, I mean, if it creates that level of discomfort that makes them feel like they're getting close to the point where they want a safe word. I mean, that is definitely edge play. The One of the big definitions that I like to use too is what is something that well, you would only do with somebody you trust with your life. And that is your edge most likely. So a lot of people don't even realize that they're edge players And they're doing these crazy things and they just think it's normal BDSM. And it's, it's interesting to bring that out of some people.
1: A number of times I've said on the cast, my mentor, her idea of edge play is meeting somebody new in a dungeon for the first time. And she's a a very stern top. And these guys come up and say, Oh, please top me. And she goes, hand me your wallet. (laughs) And they go, why? If you won't put your wallet in my hand, but you would put your life in my hand.
2: That's great. It makes you wait. think, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely using that.
1: Yeah, it's, it, that's a great one. I love it. Uh, I was with her in San Francisco at the uh, power exchange. And this guy comes up and he says, how would you like to bottom to me? She goes, no. He goes, I'm a dominant. And she looks at him and she goes, I'm a dominant also. <laughs> oh, great lines come out of that woman.
2: That's awesome.
1: So, big fun. When you are uh, doing your scene, uh, is it just the two of you or do you involve other people?
2: That's a good question. So we've done it a couple different ways. Me and Lily have topped V before in a torture scene, we've had a photographer once. Um, but I didn't really care for that experience. Um, it kind of took everybody out of out of the scene and setting. I guess he did a good job at photography, um, but just little things like asking to use the bathroom while I'm peeing on her face. I mean, it's just it
1: takes the moment, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, kind of like, well, oh, wait a second, why did somebody just ask me to use the bathroom? And I mean, he's just being polite. But I, I think I have to find a photographer that is a little bit more comfortable with what we're doing.
1: And also when you add photography to a scene, uh especially if you have a DSLR or something with, with a, a mirror uh that makes noise every time the picture's taking, that is distracting to both the top and the bottom. And you know, to to go with one of the mirrorless cameras that makes no sound when it takes pictures is probably the the better choice because it allows people to get into the space. Uh, A lot of times when I'm doing a scene, I will put headphones on my bottom and I'll either control a playlist or white noise or something to take them away from the room noise. And especially if you're in a public dungeon, you have to have a distraction.
2: Yeah, that's huge. Uh, Some people have a hard time even getting into space without something like that. Yes. Um, I know back in the dungeon days, uh, when we used to be able to do that, I would change everything about the dungeon before the scene. So I would change lighting, I would light sage, I would do face paint and change the music and, you know, lead my bottom out in chains, and we had theatrical blood and all that stuff, and it really set a tone and a mood for, for getting into that space. And even though I was just flogging, I mean, it still changed everything.
1: There is theatrics in this. Yeah. And the theatrics affect both the the public audience that's watching and also your subject, your, your bottom, that uh, you're moving their consciousness to a different level.
2: Yeah. My first scene with V... Um, actually, I ended up playing uh, Britney Spears "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time" for four hours.
1: Oh, I'd have to kill myself after that.
2: Yeah, the funny thing is now, though, that song turns us both on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> imprint.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. That's an imprint, and you you know, you just hum a few bars, and they're in the mood. Yes. <laughs> one of my subs, I have an album whenever i play it uh it takes her right to the mood and that's massive attack mezzanine nice if if you know that one i do it puts us both in the spirit immediately
2: yes that's awesome yeah i, I really enjoy that um uh, it controlling everything about the space uh really does help a lot it definitely changes how everybody feels throughout the entire scene and you can make that feel very bad very quickly I made V get into a crawl space in her own home uh, that she does not like going into at all. Um, I shut the lights off and then I played some like Halloween style playlist or whatever. It was just basically weird mumbling noises and, <laughs> you know, bang the door and did all that stuff. And, you know, I created a whole different level of terror and it was in her own home.
1: And that is absolutely one of the techniques to move their mindset from their daily mindset into this new space that you're playing in. Yeah. And as we were talking about earlier, it's uh, putting an idea in their head days before the event and then keying on those words for, for days to come until they're so worked up, just even a hint of something puts them in the space. Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. <laughs> Love it. Curating the space.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'll spend quite a bit of time getting ready for a, a big scene. With, oh, yeah. With great glee. Lots oh, yeah. of <laughs> That's Awesome. Well, sir, thank you for being on the show today. Edge play is one of my favorite things, and I, I certainly uh, look forward to seeing how the group is uh, proceeding. It's a resource that is definitely needed. My hat's off to you.
0: Thanks, sir. It was a pleasure. You have been listening to episode 376 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max.